Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner, and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself, no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who have read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Hi, this is Kelly back again with you. And we're going to be talking about um, a, a reaction I have to every time a patient says to me, oh, I hate aging. It sucks. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but the response I want to say back to them is, well, what frustrates me is that you've been given data to suggest that you don't have any way to improve your current status, or more importantly, when you've been hurt, you've been encouraged to blow it off, move on. If you've been hurt, you've been encouraged not to go in for care. And you just kind of hope your body will sort it out. Well, our body is pretty darn amazing, pretty darn resilient, but sometimes it needs a little bit more. And so when people say to me, you know, aging just, it's the worst. The reason they usually say that, of course, is that they are feeling pain or they're feeling stiffness or moreover, they're losing their, you know, they're, they're losing their function and they um, are, are recognizing that life is now limited by choices they made years earlier. So let me give you, let me give you an example of a particular person. So this gentleman uh, actually was a high level mountain climber and Years ago, I'm probably retired uh, from mountain climbing about 10 years ago, but about 30 years ago, he was uh, in, a, in an injury where he challenged his great toe, which is not difficult for mountain climbers to do, but he smashed his toe pretty hard um, as he was falling um, a bit, and his toe just stayed really, really stiff. But he was away from any medical care and uh, was trained to just tough it out. And his personal philosophy was, you know, if you're if you're really worth your salt, you're not going to get care. Don't be a don't be a baby. And so he went on for years with this stiff, great toe. And you think, well, it's just your great toe. I mean, it's not that big of a joint, except it it determines everything as it relates to normal gait. So for, in, for instance, if, if in fact you were um, taking a step forward and let's say it's your left great toe that's been challenged, when you go to step off, you should be able to flex that toe such that it bends at, at, its, at its joint. And so that when you're actually stepping back, let's say that left foot now is behind you and it's pushing you forward. If that great toe doesn't have the ability to kind of bend back up towards your chin, um, we call that dorsiflexion, 
if it doesn't have that give, you will probably be restricted in your ability to actually get that leg to go back, your entire leg to get to go back into extension, which would mean that when, when you're stepping forward and you're pushing your weight off that left foot, it might be that as you go to push off that left foot and that using your calf and your hamstrings and your glute, that your glute can't really engage because you haven't forwarded that leg to go back far enough so the muscle can go, oh yeah, I'm gonna work and I can now work hard, I have something to do. Muscles work only when they've been given the latitude, the breadth to, to work within. So now you have this person with a stiff toe and when you looked, when I looked at him from behind, his butt uh, cheek on the left was not as big and robust as the butt cheek on the right. There was a maybe 20%, 15% difference, which you think big deal, but let me tell you, when, when you're mountain climbing, every little bit counts. What this guy originally came in to see me for was some low back pain. And yet I knew that his challenge was related to his great toe. So we had some x-rays taken of his toe. Yes, he had some arthritic challenges, um, but it wasn't fused. Uh, you know, it wasn't so bad that the joint just disintegrated and, and um, melted into one bone to the next, if you will. So we were able to do some work with the joint capsule, stretching and lengthening, working with the plantar fascia, that tissue on the bottom of the foot, and adjusting the particular bones of the joint, the cuneiforms and the metatarsals, which if you know anything about foot anatomy are the small bones of the foot. And we were able to give his great toe mobility back about 30, 40%, which was pretty decent because when the time he came in to see me, he was in his um, early 70s. Now, obviously he's been very active ever since because this guy never really stopped. But as we got his toe to move, then we focused on getting his legs to extend fully and his back pain sort of diminished on its own. Um, he, he had to take two weeks off from treatment and went on holiday, but continued to work on his foot mobility, some exercises we had given him. And when he came back in to see me, that left foot was, well, you know, I mean, that left, the low back was a little bit better. So what would have been great for him to do is to get off the mountain 30 years ago and go to a massage therapist or a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath, someone who had dedication to studying soft tissue therapies to lengthen that joint capsule, to not allow to afford that toe just to become a stiff joint and limit the gait capability in his, in his leg. And early treatment makes all the difference. I love it when people burn a car accident on Monday and they're able to see me on a Wednesday, let's say, um, because I know that person is gonna heal way faster than if they had come in three months later, which typically is kind of how things work because sometimes after a car accident, the body hasn't really settled into the type of pain it's gonna develop. And over three to six months from the strain and then the ensuing stiffness and then the joint dysfunction and then the pain, you think, is this related to the car accident? Well, most definitely it is, but it's going to be hard to treat. So in, in this case, we got this guy's foot working, his back is better. And yet, yet I knew I could not achieve 100% function in that toe because of the amount of, of effort and exercise he put in that part of his body, the number of years that it was stiff and the amount of degenerative change that had accrued. 
So when people say to me, ah, oh, geez, I just hate, I just hate aging. Um, what, what they mean is I wish I would have done something about a previous injury that didn't have me in this pickle right now. And there's nothing more frustrating when a patient comes in and they develop osteoarthritis in their neck, they can't turn their, their, their neck, they've got some referred pain down their arm because the foramen where the nerve is exiting has gotten pinched and so the nerves got pressure. They haven't been able to squat because their knees are arthritic for about 15 or 20 years. So their hip joint doesn't fully flex. And you know, then at that point, I just wanna say, you're right, aging sucks. <laughs> But what I mean to say is, please learn from your experiences and let's get you under some care. And when you get hurt again, get back in sooner than later. But moreover, talk to your kids, talk to your grandkids, spread the news that if you get treatment early, you don't have to age poorly. You, you can age extraordinarily well. I mean, I have patients that have been to chiropractors since they were we, and they're, they're bone health, their bone age is much lesser than their stated age. Because they're used to, if they have an owie, if something's stiff, if something's not right, they're used to going in and getting it fixed. So the, the number of situations that this relates to is, is uh, huh, there's too many to list. But, you know, people will say, gosh, that, I had some numbness in my first finger and my thumb. And um, but I just ignored it. And now I have it all the time, two years later. And I noticed my hand's grip has gotten weaker. Well, dang it. That person has carpal tunnel probably. And yes, in fact, you can go in and lengthen the carpal tunnel ligament sometimes and take the pressure off that median nerve. You can mobilize the wrist joints and take the pressure off that nerve. There are things you can do early, but when you just ignore it and learn to live with it, like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have time to see the doctor. Or I did see my doctor and he said, well, you're just getting older um, at age 46 or some crazy thing. Then shame on them because they should say, let's get you an occupational therapist. Let's get to somebody that works with your hands or a physiotherapist or a chiropractor who does extremities or again, an osteopath, massage therapist, or an acupuncturist. All these people have the ability to take a stiff joint, a stiff body part and move it into improved function. Now we all have our preferences of how we do things. And I, I, I love um, seeing chiropractors treat extremities and do soft tissue work and adjust the spine and teach people how to move. All of that's appropriate because my discipline is as a chiropractor and I'm very um, proud of our discipline, although not all chiropractors will do that kind of holistic perspective. I think it's critical for people. So, um, you know, in this case, when you have numbness into your fingers, start, start or pain in your toe or a little soreness in the outside of your elbow or your right hip. I don't know, it just hurts when you sit for a few minutes or you notice there's a little catch in your neck when you turn to the left or every time you bend down, there's just a little pull on the right side of that lower back. Those are all indications of body saying, hey, 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 help me out here. So what do you do? Well, here's the drill. A lot of times people think their insurance should dictate what kind of treatment they get. So they have to see what's covered. Um, but yet sometimes I think, I want to scream around that because insurance benefits are not always as, as robust as they should be, particularly with Medicare. I mean, Medicare doesn't pay for massage. They don't pay for a chiropractic exam. They do pay for chiropractic care. They don't pay for all kinds of, uh, they don't pay for acupuncture. Um, you know, all the things that 
bodies need to get things moving. So um, what should you do? Well, start where you start. You, you know, if you, if you want to talk to your doctor about a referral to PT or Cairo or, or um, massage or acupuncture, that's great. But remember, these things don't cost all that much. You can pay cash for treatment if you don't want to wait. Let's say you have to wait for referral. It takes three weeks to get in to see the doctor. They write the referral two weeks later. Now you're five weeks into this darn thing. And now this particular practitioner, you can try to make an appointment and they're busy and they're two weeks out. You've just wasted seven weeks. And the literature says that if you treat something within the first 30 days, your chances of recovery are mountains bigger than your chance of recovery if you wait. So sometimes I think it's just like pick up the phone and call the massage therapist and say, hey, can you get me in? My hip's a little stiff or my hand is uh, got a little numbness and, and try there, you know, try, try that. But in my, in my world, I think the smartest thing to do is to have your condition triaged properly. Triage is that art form where a practitioner can look at you and go, oh, oh, I know what you need. You need a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, we, we take that from emergency medicine. People get triaged in, in serious cha challenges or serious crises. They'll, they'll run around to figure out which patient could be saved, uh, which patient should be going in the ambulance, that type of thing. But um, I have a personal preference that chiropractors are really great at triaging because they understand um, what's under the umbrella of massage. They understand what's under the umbrella of physical therapy. They understand what's under the umbrella of acupuncture. They understand when orthopedic surgery is appropriate. They certainly understand uh, what a chiropractor and osteopath can do. And that way, if you've got a good, good person you're working with, they're gonna wanna get you the best care at the right time. You'll be properly triaged. And uh, if you do need a referral, they can encourage somebody who they have a lot of respect for or who have seen some good results from. So those are the kinds of steps that you want to take when you have your first injury. But let's step it back even one more. Well, that's why I wrote this book. That's why I wrote Eight Minutes to Ageless. So you could say, all right, let me do some self-stretching. Okay, I know how to do this. I can go to the website, eightminutestoageless.com. I can scroll down and look at the videos uh, Dr. Kelly did around the two bounce stretching to stretch the entire body or around the gravity assisted ligament to stretching where I can use my roller to um, stretch the ligaments. Again, there's caveats to that. So I don't want to just have you go to those, go to the um, website and, and look under the gals, the gravity assisted ligament to stretching and do do the role for the low back if you had back surgery. You know, there's caveats, but my book is clear to describe that. My point is, Give yourself some empowerment. See if you can stretch to it on your own. See if you can increase your hydration and reduce your pain. See if you can add turmeric and fish oil and vitamin C. See if you can focus on getting a little bit more rest. See if you can um, do something to reduce your mental stress, you know, apologize to someone or decide to be nicer to your partner or um, write that letter um, of forgiveness and keep it in your journal of yourself for something you did that was silly. You know, all those things help your body heal. So first things first, take care of yourself and then do not ignore your pain because if it continues, it will cause degeneration, breakdown, un, uh, un, unimaginatively uncreative compensations. And then 10, 15 years down the road, you're just so mad because dang it, now the surgeon says you need surgery and have your hip replaced. And then you say to the chiropractor, hoping they can help you, uh, aging sucks. And my response is no, 
poor education around early treatment leads to crummy aging. You know, that's that's the hard part. So in any event, I hope that makes some sense to you. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the importance of reducing some more of your mental stress. I've got some really cool things I'm doing around the concept of civility and how to reduce our mental stress, which, you know, physical stress and mental stress uh, loom negatively on the body one way or the other and cause aging, sadness, and pain. So this, this podcast is really designed for treating all of those things. So anyway, I, of course, I enjoyed my time with you as always, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Have a good day. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.